Yo, 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 let's go. This is Wrestling And, and today we are doing a bonus episode for everybody out there that has been paying attention. Thank you to everyone that has downloaded, um, and we're giving a shout out tonight to Los Ingobernables de Japón. Can we see your shirt there, buddy? Justin from In Ring Art with his yeah. Los Ingobernables shirt. I think, uh... It's one of my 50 million wrestling shirts. I think this one was a... There was a Hot Topic closing at a mall in West L.A. a couple years ago. And it was like... Everything was like 80% Ooh. off. And I got I must have gotten, you know, I don't know, five or six shirts and some from my friend. And I even got a Bullet Club umbrella that has since, uh, you know, broken. Oh, shit. So that was a shame. Broke. Um, yeah, I used that legit for a rainy season. Um, but yeah, what about yours? Tell the story of your Dude, t-shirt. Okay, I'm I've I've been waiting to tell the internet this story. It's waited a long time, but here's the thing: this is the Naito versus Hiromu t-shirt, the match that never ah. happened because COVID cut it off. You remember that man? That's it right. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. March the junior champion versus the top champion. The yeah anniversary and, show. There you go. It's a big Los Ingobernables yeah. match. They all have their belts, and the match never happened. So when the match never happened, I was like, dude, I got to get a t-shirt for that shit. I just thought it'd be funny. Yeah, I always, uh, whenever um, Pro Wrestling Tees, usually, when they have the 30% off New Japan sale, I'm usually on that. Um, and that's usually when I... Get my wrestling shirts. I never really pay full price any of those. I wait for a sale or I, I well, snipe I one on eBay, tactics, and that's bro, how I build my collection. I, I, uh, I've been paying full price. I think this shirt was like $45. I just saw these AEW versus Street Fighter t-shirts that look fucking incredible, and they're like $50. Are they really? Because, I mean, it's like $24.95, and then like, uh, you know, the five ninety five for shipping... Usually oh, well, I had to get 3XL, you know, bro, I just... for this one, so. Oh, uh, okay. I'm, st- I'm still in that XL range. Well, good for you, sir. So, um, I guess, yeah. But, um, yeah, usually they do the 30% off, and I just wait for that, because usually they'll do the 20 for everything else, and then sometimes for New Japan they'll do 30 and that's when I, you know, I'll get myself something. And then usually I just go on eBay and search a lot, and every once in a while I get a nice little find a rue that my my t-shirt collection i don't think i've ever paid more. i probably have a couple shirts that are like 25 bucks or so that were full price um and other ones like you know when i went to japan i got the you know the g129 shirt you know and then i i got a, a liger shirt there as you have to um yeah yeah <laughs> and uh you know that kind of stuff but i will rarely pay unless it's from an independent wrestler that i buy their shirt I'm not paying full price for any of that stuff. Like, either I'll trade, I'll barter my stuff for it. Like, you know. Yeah. I just try to be resourceful. I feel you, and I respect that. So, you, you recently had me, we were talking about movies or shows or whatever, documentaries recently, and you had me watch uh, Wrestling with Shadows, right? And I believe why did, I called it required, required reading. And why did you uh, tell me that in the first place? As a, as a prerequisite, you know, um, 
that's just uh, you know a wrestling you know film that has or film documentary whatever just a piece of wrestling history that's just sat with me you know for years even in the time that i kind of checked out of wrestling like that's a film i carried with me of remembering like i'll watch it anytime i see it kind of thing um and the time it came out um and like you said to me like how it i don't know if it was purposely done this way but it accidentally caught one of the biggest angles in the history of wrestling that had a real life element to it and this documentary just happened to be there to you know basically uh Mm. cover it um and i'm wondering if the filmmakers and all that i'm probably sure there's interviews and all that stuff um whether or not they thought this would happen or just their eyes must have lit up when all this stuff was occurring uh you know during this documentary Mm. But, you know, let me get your thoughts. I haven't seen it for probably a year or so, and I probably want to watch it again. I would watch it again if I saw it. But what did you think? I watched it, man. You recommended it. A year is not that long, so it's probably a little bit fresh in your mind, I imagine. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's been, you know, ever since they had it on Netflix for a while, I think that's the last time I saw it. And it kind of came out, if I remember correctly, the same time as Beyond the Mat. So there was those two movies out there. Yeah, and they have Um, a very different tone. Beyond the Mat is a little more funny, but has some serious moments, but there's still a little bit of a... There's a little bit of a tone they take where they're kind of uh, making fun of how ridiculous wrestling is, where this movie is 100% extremely serious. It's probably more serious than most wrestling angles. Uh, This... the, the, The... Wrestling with Shadows, uh, first of all, the timing, the timing, the the fact that they chose to record it at this time, and this might be from Bret Hart. He might have wanted people to film him, and I think that I heard Dave Meltzer say that he wanted that level of recording going on. Um, but the recording, uh, what do you think about the timing? I mean, do you, it, like, how could you record something better than this, right? As far as story and entertainment, I mean, like like I said, you know, as the filmmakers were growing through this and as all this stuff was starting to develop, they had to just have their eyes their eyes wide open or salivating at the fact, oh my god, I can't believe we're getting all this. I mean, they had a recording of Brett uh, with Vince McMahon in his office talking about the finish, and then they even had up to the point. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. Uh, when they punched him in the face or whatever, right? Yeah, and um, maybe that's what they told. The thing me. Yeah. is, is like this. What we have to point out that this may have been Brett recording stuff to keep record because he knew some bullshit was going down. So I think it's it wasn't like people say great timing and stuff, but also like Brett was recording it because he knew what was up, and that's what Meltzer said. So um, this 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 movie was incredible, man. The the way it was shot artistically was great. Um, I honestly, I feel like it goes almost deeper than the movie. You could get a little philosophical with it because Brett talks about like good and bad. Uh, he's talking about like the philosophy of the wrestling business at the time, and there's a lot of debate going on about that. I mean, right? Do you, do you remember Brett saying that he was just not a fan of the direction the company was going at the time? Yeah, and I remember in particularly um, him saying he wasn't a fan of Austin um, and his approach and stuff like that. But I almost feel like that was kind of kayfabe 
uh, that little part of it was kayfabe because I, I happen to believe, and I think I've heard him even say, he's got a lot of respect for, for Steve Austin. Um, and, you know, he helped make Steve Austin. I think they both know that. And, um, I mean, you know, Brett was always like a favorite wrestler of me as when I was always a little kid. And after watching this, like, he, I, I will recommend also as a follow up, you got to watch the A&E biography they just did I, I on would, him. I would Bret honestly Hart. recommend even before that, if you can, to read his book, which is my rest, my wor- cartoon world of pro wrestling or something like that. But so I've never read it, but I've heard that. It goes into so much detail about all this different stuff. Yeah, you know, I actually haven't read that book, and that's something I need to yeah. check out. Um, I just got Wrestling in Shadows, and I would want to say that the the A&E documentary goes a lot deeper into the family, and you know, and Stampede Wrestling and all that. And it's a really it fills in a lot of holes that Wrestling with Shadows had. But wrestling with shadows, I mean, so many, I mean, everything from, you know, I guess Brett's wife at the time, you know, yelling at yeah, Triple H, like was, you knew, was, you know, that kind of thing. Movie. I mean, she, she, you know, she, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, like, spoil, but like, you know what him happens. Him and Sean in the locker room, you there's know. There's so much stuff, like, there's so much drama that goes on and just all this stuff from this ridiculous news story. The fact that it was documented is ridiculous because it is just... A, just a crazy story, man. Uh, and yeah, Bret Hart's wife is just mouthing off at Triple H. She's saying, you're going to go drink some beers after this, but God's on you, man. You you, you messed up. You lied. Or or that, you know, just to have the video of that conversation with, with Sean, with, with uh, Sean Michaels, like, I didn't know, and I mean, what well, you know, obviously, that was another thing, actually, they watched, too, is there, I think it was one of the things they might have created for the WWE Network was, maybe they didn't, maybe it was before, but they had a nice little, I think it was Jim Ross interviewing Sean and, and Brett, where they kind of bury the hatchet, uh, that's another really good piece of, uh, you know, um, film, I guess you can call it, but, um, I mean, it's just really amazing how many angles and just... You know, when he tells, uh, I think it was Bladeheart, one of his kids, go play with the headbangers. You and know? then you see them playing and with them the later. Behind stuff. Uh, and, and you know what? Yeah. Like, the other thing is Tammy Stitch, which uh, we know, like, what's kind of happened of her nowadays. But back then, I thought she was so talented, man. She seemed like a really positive influence in the locker room for me from that documentary, um, Sunny. And so... It's weird seeing what happened to her later on when she seemed like a pretty fun person back then. But she does, like, definitely hit on Bret Hart. Yeah, I mean, I don't know any what happened with any of that stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, Sunny was very talented. Um, I, you could, you know, make an argument that she might have been, like, you know, the first female to kind of, you know, get over on her own to that level. Um, in, in, in the company, you know, I know you talk about maybe Miss Elizabeth who was, you know, still attached to Randy Savage and stuff like that, but on her own, she might've been one of the first females, you know, then you got Sable, Tris Stratus, and it kind of went from there, but, you know, she was kind of a pioneer, whether, you know, you know, she, whether you like her or not or whatever. I thought she did Um, have 
a lot of yeah, charisma. She, I liked her. I liked her back then, dude, to be honest. So maybe it's uh, The Heart Grows Fonder and Member Berries. I remember her. But I thought she had a lot of charisma for what she was, but didn't all kind of add up. But uh, this story, the Montreal Screw Job, you know, it's been talked about a million times. It is the. This, a lot of people say it's the second biggest wrestling story of all time behind Chris Benoit. And the whole thing is fucking nuts, man. I'll tell you, help educate me a little bit on some questions I have. Can you do that? I'll, I'll do my best. All, um, basically, Bret Hart got pushed out of the company, right? Well, the understanding that I have is, you know, WCW came to Bret at that time. You know, we're talking 96, 97. Um... Wanted him to go over. They gave him a nice offer. Um, whether or not you believe Eric Bischoff or not, that he handed over a contract. It was a nice, huge deal. Um, Brett takes it to Vince, and this is circa 96, 97 ish. I, I could be completely wrong with no, this. No, it's, it's 97. One or two people listening to this We're could talking be. About October and yeah. September of 97. And basically, Vince says, "Hey, you know, I can't give you that, but I'll give you a twenty-year deal. I think he or gave something. him a real giant like a long-term deal. deal and two years of wrestling and like yeah. the rest of his career as a backstage guy, right? Or some somebody affiliated with creative or something. But yeah, keep in mind, Bret Hart was forty uh, around this time that this was filming. So ninety-six, ninety-seven, he was just turning forty years old, um, and." You know, in a way, he was on the downside of his career either way, whether he was staying with WWE if he was jumping over to WCW. Um, and, he, you know, out of loyalty, uh, I guess you could say, and that's what Brett will say, he took the deal with Vince to stay there because I think he always, you know, looked up to Vince McMahon as, as he said, like a father well, figure. And, 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 and um, I, I got that point. You know, what I'm asking specifically is like a little past that when Vince was supposedly telling him, like, we can't afford you anymore. That's what I don't get. Doesn't it seem like he right. got pushed out of the company well, in that sense? Well, he did. I Well, yeah. I think what had happened was... And Vince has done this in the past from what I understand. Um, where he'll tell a talent, like, you know, you should go see if you can get an offer for this company. Why don't you tell him I'm offering you this much? I think he's done that before. But um, I think they got to the point, at, like, less than a year later or whatever... Uh, you know, in that 96, this was right before stuff. If they would have just, uh, you have to imagine, what if they had Brett for, you know, 98, uh, 99, well, he, he probably and that kind of thing? Cause I, to be completely frank. Uh, I, well, it's just, I really have to, like, you know, dig in and look at it. But um, I think he would have, he might have kept some people down in a way. Like, you might not have seen the run that Mick Foley had. Um they might not have just rocket shipped so, the rock. I mean, uh, rocket strapped the rock in '98 in November when Stone Cold yeah, got yeah, hurt. Want, um, if they would have had Bret Hart I, there, I want to say though, like who knows? Uh, but a lot of this also came from the fact that Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had a conversation back in '97, um, and Bret Hart said, "Look, dude, if we have to do this, man, if if I'm gonna go out, fuck it, I'll put you over." And Shawn Michaels came back at him and said that's great but I would not do the same for you did you know that 
Yeah, I think it was no. I well, yeah, it was more of that's what totally turned Brett off too. But so, um, I'll cover that real quick. But no, no, basically no. It wasn't even that simple. It was Brett said, "Hey, I just want to let you know whatever kind of arguments or whatever we're having, I, you know, I'm still gonna take care of you in the ring. I'm not gonna hurt you for real or any of that stuff." And that's when when uh, Sean said, "Well, I can't guarantee that for you." And that's when he's like, "Yeah, this is you know." That's when uh, he he just kind of basically said, "I'm always gonna be professional when we're in that ring and all that stuff." And and uh, you know, Shane Sean said, "No, I don't. I can't do that for you." And that's when I think he was taking it back. But anyway, and after a while, when Vin, they were really hurting for money in '96, and basically he told Brett, "Like, I can't pay you this. You might want to go back to WCW and see if you can get mm-hmm. that deal." And I think he got not the same deal, but something similar. And that's when he jumped ship. And, you know, that's where you had this whole unique situation kind of started. Yeah, Um, I'll say this, man. Um, The movie is great. It's incredible. It's an artistic piece that shows an important piece of wrestling history, but also highlights a lot of different questions about employer relations and know what it means to lead a company and be creative it's 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 a great fucking movie um on the side note i'll say that the wrestling observer i i so i went back and actually looked at the wrestling observer from the the incident you know what i'm saying and Mm. the write-up on the observer i'm not gonna lie from the time it was happening is even far more detailed than the movie uh, the Observer has talks every meeting is listed you know what I'm saying and you, you f- see uh, Vince and Hart constantly like arguing like there was a meeting this day a meeting that day and there was even a meeting where they pulled Shawn Michaels in and he I guess cried and said I'm sorry I'll put you over Brett wow see I yeah I haven't seen all that detail and you know even Dark Side of the Ring did an episode on the Montreal Screwjob too, and it's just one of those things where people say, "Oh, it's been overdone, it's overhyped," but it really is one of the most unique situations where, you know, it where where kayfabe and real life blurred together, and you'll even find people. I think Scott Hall to this day will say that it was mm-hmm. all the work. Um, I don't know if he really believes that, but I've heard him kind of say that at times, like. It was all a work. Could you imagine? Oh, I mean, that's If nuts. it was a work, it was the one of the greatest works ever, and uh, they should do it soon. But the thing is, people talk. That's the thing, man. People fucking talk. So, Bret Hart talked. Uh, Vince, I mean, was kind of obvious about it. So, people talk eventually. Great gimmick, but, uh, you know, if that happened on AEW and there was a screw job finish and Tony Khan came out and stopped it, I think you and I would know in a couple days that it was a work or not. Well, geez, look what's going on right now that in AEW, allegedly. Uh, a lot of stuff that, like, I kind of wish I didn't know until I heard the music or um, something. But, uh, you know, exciting nonetheless. Take it easy there, buddy. With uh, what is that? One of those uh, jungle juices or something? No, that's just a keystone. Keystone. That's just Uh-oh. a key. I think you that's muted just a keystone. 
definitely, oh, okay. De- okay. dude. I'm definitely deleting that part because I'm not trying to slam alcohol on the fucking podcast. It's a Saturday night for me. I'm single, <laughs> just... and I'm fucking. I went. I meant to do this. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh oh. Oh, you meant you meant to <laughs> yeah, blink dude. the screen out. It's a fucking Saturday night. I'm a single guy. But I don't. I I don't. If we're if we're doing the whole Zoom thing, like I I think it'll cycle on me because I was the one talking. So. Um, yeah, I got a little Karen because Dude, um, I love that. I love that. You know, that's my favorite Japanese beer. Yeah, it's a, you know, I I I, uh, I I tried all the Japanese beers they sell in Colorado, and that's the best one. I I uh, I Sapporo for me is a li- is like good, but I uh, dude, I, me and you may be different people, but uh, the fucking Asahi is fucking gross. Well, I mean, it's it's fine. Um... Kieran's great. I like that one. Um, we have like the Japanese markets out here, and whenever there's a case of this on sale, or whatever, I'll get it. I think it was like twenty bucks for a twenty-four pack or something Damn, like that. What the fuck? Um, Where the fuck do you buy that? That's at, you know, dude? every once in a while it goes on sale. Nijia Market. It's, it's called. Market? There's just it's a Japanese oh. market. Japanese. Yeah, I don't think they have very many of those in No, there's Colorado no Japan Springs, towns in so. fucking... We, we got, like... Uh, the sad thing is all the Asian <laughs> markets here are all mixed. So, like, you'll get a Korean market that, like, they sell Japanese stuff, Chinese food stuff. But yeah, obviously right. in L.A., you have right. a whole towns of Korean people and Japanese people. And, uh... But there's a lot of good Indian markets here. Well, sort of, but, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, but yeah, so I got some I got some Kieran for tonight, and in Japan and stuff, I love some of the Suntory Ooh. stuff that is good. Well, the Suntory oh, looks badass. Good. I've seen they have like but. 25 different beers. I've looked it up, man. They've got like all sorts of whiskey and fucking mixed drinks and all that shit. Yeah, that's crazy when you go to Japan. Like, Asahi will not only make you a beer, which we all know it as a beer company, but also they have soft drinks and bottled water and uh you know all that stuff and then centauri also makes whiskey oh, centauri, and beer yeah. so it would be like having so it would be like having a, a, the equivalent of having a budweiser cola or a, a budweiser they just whiskey make all the drinks bro that's centauri. the late the labels are yeah. badass too they're like they look more like energy drink labels than beer labels um i don't know I, i've heard the most popular drink is the strong zero yeah, um, I haven't had Popular it, but I've been for wanting Western to try it. Wrestling fans, um, it sounds like a fucking four loco, gross. It, I would say that it's something before, like between a four loco and like a white claw. That is, I don't fairly think unique. it's as loaded with. Yeah, I don't think it's something as loaded with like corn syrup and just disgustingness as like a four loco would be. Um... And hey, man, you know, I, I dive into the White Claw uh, genre every Actually, once in a yeah, while. I've, I I've drank a good few of those, and I do like them. Uh, have you had the yeah, Budweiser Change Platinum um, Budweiser Platinum Seltzer, or whatever it's called? Fucking No, I have not. I think my basic diving into has been the Natty Light ones. Uh, the, which were pretty good. The White Claw ones, and then the Costco brand. Mm. Those are those are fine, is, right? Which is a great value. Yeah, yeah, great value. 
Um, and the I just recently tried the Tapachico one. Yeah. Because I happen to enjoy I their do, sparkling I do as well. water. And and they they make a, a good one as well. But, you know, nice change of pace. I, I have gone through some phases where I just buy those for a while and but, you not know, ashamed you, of it. Nothing to be ashamed of. It's a little weird because the... the hard seltzers they're essentially just vodka and a flavoring that is like what's it called um carbonized or whatever carbureted god i sound like an carbonated carbureted is a carburetor that's a car thing carbonated yes uh but i mean carbonated you know hyphenated no carbonated so that's like uh (laughs) yeah that's you know they they have kind of a simple flavor profile if you will if you're judging wine but whatever man they uh they put a nice little buzz on and about the strong zero i'm sure there is going to be tons of strong zeros sold tonight well at least limited capacity and crowd capacity because of covid restrictions that meant and i doubt they're doing an eating and drinking in the venue oh you gotta Um, buy some we got here we're at uh, tonight can't you I can't. What, oh, well, okay. Well, if I was if there, you sure. You are out there in Japan right now. You're watching the Olympics, and you're part of the judo team. You think you could buy a strong zero uh-huh. in the stadium? No, because they're not letting any fans in well, there. Okay, so I watched a ton of Olympics, and yes, you're right, but they're letting staff in, and the staff fills up the lower yeah. bowl. Yeah, I don't think you can drink on the job per se. I don't think that would that would probably be frowned upon, especially um, in Japan. Well, you know, well, I definitely think you can probably, you know, get a few at the Seven Eleven or the system. Family Mart or the Lawsons, and you can maybe sneak them into your but duffel bag and be a bit of a degenerate Japan in that way. I don't know. Uh, uh, like known for upholding the law, and so even though you could do that, most people probably won't. No, I mean, I saw some, you know, when I go, I did trip out when I saw one of those, you know, businessmen, uh, salary guys drinking a beer in the train once. And, um, you know, I told my wife, I'm like, that dude's just drinking a beer. Look. She's like, yeah, that's what they do. Like, that's what people I, do here. I'm like, he doesn't even have a brown paper bag. Did I already mention to you but that's that allowed. I saw, like, this video of a guy that went to a Yokohama Bay Stars game and... Uh, as he was walking in the outer concourse area, like there was like a drunk dude just passed out and no one bothered him. Like he just slept it off and Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of public drunkenness, but at the same time I haven't really been like. Have you out been out at one thirty AM in Shinjuku at Golden Day Week? no. That would be intense, I guess. So no. uh I haven't spent a lot of time in Tokyo and not at Well, I will tell you either, what, so. there's a yeah. lot of people in Tokyo out this night at 1:30 a.m. because all the Olympic athletes are going to be up and trying to love each other probably. Because d- I bet you they can't even leave did their you, room, dude. Did you They're getting covid did tested you know like that crazy. The Olympic villages provide condoms every year. You not don't this think so? Year. They're not even going to help them? Fuck. No. But, but you know some are going to lie. I, I think they're... This is... I don't think there's... Well, they might be sneaking in and out of each other's room or whatever in a way, but 
I bet you the security is so tight uh, there in terms of uh, there's. You think they hire COVID having, security guards? They're having. Oh, absolutely! Are you kidding me? I bet you they're not even really allowed to leave their room, um, and they're probably getting food delivered there and to their room, and Ugh. they're just really sticking with the. I, yeah, just there I mean, to come play on! The sport. How could you? There's no way. Exactly. If this is going to be, if you were going to the Olympics and this was going to be your only year, you'd probably be very disappointed Oof. about. Which um, it is that many kind of thing different people because. because well, I'll tell you this. I watched some of it tonight, and uh, the, the the recording has been very good. The production has been good. You can almost not tell a difference, and they use fake crowds for some of the shows. Um, so I hope everyone right. works their hardest. But obviously the saddest part, and this is sad that COVID exists and that this whole thing has happened, is that you'll see these events, and the camera will pan up, and the, the whole seating is all empty, like the grandstand. And it feels like I'm watching New Japan in Dallas for the G1 Climax, and nobody is there. And it's just like, dude, how much money did they spend on this shit? Yeah, I mean, you were supposed to have people at the brim at this stuff last year, and it didn't happen. And a year later, it's still not happening, and... And quite honestly, they probably should have just punted it all together. But there was just too money and too much. I mean, the government side of things is probably like there was just too much money invested in this. And they built venues specifically to, you know, hold these events and these games. And they just weren't going to let it go to waste. And that's why it's happening this year. And I am kind of surprised you had a lot of countries and athletes that were still going over. But um, well, the Olymp- I the don't know what games, the situation. I mean, there's so much honor, so it's an honor thing. I I really wonder, you know, how many of the athletes are vaccinated. I would hope I it's a very hope high it's percentage. It's a hundred, dude. You hope that the Olympic fucking yeah. committee would get a bunch of vaccinations from America that have not been used because our vaccination levels are dropping, and use them. All right, I'm getting too political, bro. Let's move. Uh, <laughs> let's yeah. move on to eight years or four. Uh, what is it? Seven years from now. And are you ready for the Olympics to come to your hometown, sir? Um. Jeez, haven't even thought about it yet. But uh, you know, I think the last time the Olympics was in LA, eighty, right? I was three years old. Eighty-four. I was three years old, and all I have is what people told me about it, and they said that there was no traffic. Like, I mean, obviously, it's a different time now with cars on the road and whatever. Um, they really spread it out in L.A. Like, I know well, you have, have some to, type you, of they gotta go to Malibu, with Los bro. Angeles. They're going to have to go to Malibu. They're going to have to go to Ontario. They're going to have to go to Oxnard. They're going to have to... They, that's how the fucking Olympics work, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they really spread it out. It's not like you have one central place. Obviously, they'll be using the Rams' new stadium, uh, you know, as their opening ceremony. But that's kind of why it's so badass because they use, like, every part of the whole area around the place. And, like, even where you are, bro, you'll be able to take a 30-minute drive in any direction and see whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, and, you know, I think, yeah. That absolutely right. I mean, even here, you'll probably have some, you know, of the water and the in maybe like the rowing and all that stuff. You'd probably have that up in 
Santa Clarita, maybe yeah. just somewhere, just way way off the beaten path, or you'll have it up in Ventura County somewhere. Uh, but but I mean, um, and then when they but you know the fucking like sprinting shit will be like in the biggest stadium is they usually build Olympics. Oh yeah, it'll be at the Rams Stadium. Build Olympic yeah, stadium, don't they? Well, they'll be having at the Rams Chargers new stadium that's right by the Forum okay. in Inglewood. That's going to hold all that stuff. And then what's interesting is you're going to still have the Coliseum. You're going to have whatever new stadium the whatever Clippers build. Whatever is the biggest swimming in area in L.A. You're going to have um, that, the USC's pool, probably. You have the Coliseum still. You have Staples Center. Um, you have two soccer stadiums. Uh, the Rose Bowl. I mean, those, those are all in the L.A. Well, uh, L.A. proper, maybe you L.A. Why county. The IOC is choosing you know? L.A. because it's not that hard to set up like a hundred different sports in the area. There's baseball and softball stadiums yeah. everywhere. It's one of the biggest met- metro. Oh yeah, big and small. It's yeah, the, it is. It's big one and of the small. Biggest metropolitan areas in America. But now that we're in L.A., which you are, I'm not. But hello yep. from Colorado, straight to you to L.A. We're taking a plane back to Tokyo, which we were talking about earlier, and we're going to talk about the Dome. And what do you know about the Dome, brother? I know absolutely nothing about the Dome. Haven't been up to it. I've been in the area. I My, my experience in Tokyo, Justin, I didn't I'm go try- by Tokyo I'm, Dome. I'm trying I was to in- throw you a... Uh, I'm trying to throw you a bone for tonight's show, so I'm, I'm trying to give us a good segue. Oh, Wrestle yeah. Grand Slam! So let, let's Wrestle try that. Grand Slam. Let's try which comes what do you know about the dome? Less than two hours. I know that it's hosting Wrestle Grand Slam with probably what a quarter capacity tonight. Oh God, I don't know. Um, and that's less than two hours away um, here, and I will not be staying up late. I got to get my kids to hockey tomorrow morning. And um, I'll be catching up tomorrow, though. I'm not going to watch it live. Are you going to brave it and it's watch it live? It's not for me, brother, because I work until 11.30 every night. Hello, Twitter second shift motherfuckers. Um, I work till 11.30 every night, dude, so staying up till 1 is n- nothing. So I'm going to be on there. I did do uh, – I have done Wrestle Kingdom live the last couple years. If I've you have a day it. shift, that's really tough. What I did was – I did it last uh, two years ago. You know, I I can do four or five hours sleep is usually what I need, and I can get along the next day, so I'm usually okay. But what I did for the uh, to do um, Wrestle Kingdom is I would take a nap from about nine to about midnight and wake up, mm-hmm. and that's and then I would go right that's to bed after again. So I was so I would sleep from about nine to midnight, and I think it would come out at like one or two o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning, I go back to bed for an hour or two. Yep, and that's what fine. I did too. I uh, I remember the four man tournament for the belt. It wasn't the double. It was the double belt. Yeah, right. Gold, double dash gold. Uh, and yeah, I got the first dude, year. I love taking a nap when I get home. I just don't do it because like I really I'm too busy. But I I, I was like okay, so this is gonna be on a certain night. I I think that night was on a weekend too. I think it was a Friday, Saturday for us. It was a Friday. I know at least the last two, but also they're during winter break when my work's either not 
that heavy or mm. um, we're off so you were off that anyways. week depending on what the winter break is yeah yeah I I, I, had. I know one year it was a Thursday and this was when the, the wife and kids were in Japan so I just um, I took the Friday off I took you a day, took off, a day off, off to recover and I would well, like I will a, do like the a same nerd. thing if this uh, I haven't looked at what time the the shows are this year so do you know off the top of your brains well, I know that, isn't it always... I don't know if they're going to do two days next year, but I can tell you what January 5th is because that yeah. seems to be what the, day is that? the date no, they nail it's it the down fourth, to. Bro. Whole... Itenu. Oh, 4th, excuse me. Okay, so Tuesday. That'll be a weird one. I might have to take a day off next uh, year, but... Tuesday. No one's taking a day off. Plan it now. <laughs> Put it so in. Let's all visit. I'll definitely be at the Olympics, bro. You still live in there? We'll fucking hang out. We'll go watch skateboarding tournaments or something. I'll be like an old person. Like you already, you already. I'll are be like one. an old person. What's the difference. My 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 children will be elder. Well then they well then they like, can come with us know. and beat your ass when we're watching a fucking water polo game. I remember. I. <laughs> it was just funny when I would just realize some of those things. Like oh my god, like you know they're gonna have the Olympics. I'm gonna be like 48. Oh so what? You know, oh stop I, it. You know every. That's what I'm saying. Like I used to think, oh my god, I'll be 28 when that happens, and then it's like I know. Eh, I, it's not a big I know deal. guys who are like 55 days. that are fucking the funniest motherfuckers. I know it's so much energy, good workers. Well, it's nothing to do with that. Good workers. I'm just uh, saying. Yeah. I just don't so we got Wrestle Grand Slam. I just found out that Tanahashi is in that title match. I'm pretty damn hyped about it, actually. Um... I really hope Kota Ibushi is okay. I think he's got this, what is it called, aspiration pneumonia. Which pneumonia, is, is from which, breathing in from what I, some, some stuff. You know what? It When you look at the description, it really sounds like it's food poisoning through your lungs. Is, is it, it does is not it sound like a pleasant experience. Like food and and I'm, I don't know the stats of food poisoning, but food poisoning kind of seems... No, I, it, I don't think it's technically categorized as food poisoning but it's like it said something instead of uh swallowing your food you breathe you what instead of swallowing some kind of substance you breathe it in yeah, on accident. well that's what i that's what i was saying so maybe he was eating some kind of food that wasn't good and somehow he it particles of it got into I, his lungs think, rather than into his yeah. esophagus Hang on. are you hearing an echoing are you tapping something i hear like a little static it could be me shaking my leg, but I did hear a little static on your end, but whatever. Okay, it's gone. Okay. Is this it? Listen. Is that it? Shaking my leg. I got that nervous. Yeah, that's it. I, my leg. I have that too, actually, but okay. usually I'll on stop. podcasts, I don't. So. I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> you're I'll good, stop. dude. Look, not well, I'm um, a little ADD too, bro. It's not a big deal. All right. Even if you do, I can edit um, it out. So, yeah. Wrestle... Grand Slam is tonight at midnight, my time. I think it's your time, one. Do we want to go over let's, that card a little bit just to talk about let it real the, quick? The kids and at home know about it. mention that it was postponed because COVID emergency stuff going on. Japan is... Wait, what? It was postponed. Is this breaking news? No. What this was postponed? Show, dude. It was supposed to happen Wrestle last Grand month. Slam? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you thought I, I was thought, like, I thought tonight it was postponed. Again. Oh, that would be shitty. 
I was like, no! What are you talking about? They have the goddamn <laughs> Olympics right so now. So the opening match is the KOPW 2021 embarrassing match. New Japan Rambo with handcuffs. 22 entrants. So what does this mean? Can I ask you something? I feel like kind of a... What was what a Rambo match? It's a Rambo I know I've battle? heard some people like him and all that. So what? what is it? Is it it's a, a Royal Rumble or what, what is a Rambo participants, match? But... Um, I have, n- I. They just get thrown in. I think in it's with- a pin, over the top rope or submission. Okay, okay. Um, what? L- let me ask you. Yeah, this. I probably will what not is have your an answer. Overall, what is your overall feeling impression of Tori? I think he's a joke. I think everyone knows that. I think he has one to two funny matches a year. That are very entertaining, and I think that he needs to be started to be phased out of the company. Can I tell you, Yano is a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine, and I get why people don't like him. Don't get me wrong. Yano is a white claw amongst Kirins and Centauris. He's just a little change of pace, and... You know, I don't mind seeing him in the middle at the beginning of a card, just as a nice in between some bat, you know, matches that are hard hitting, kind of that kind of let me down spot. I enjoyed the Moxley Yano match with the tape and all that stuff, the Kenny Omega Yano match. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm okay with the guy. First one, I he has matches I with understand. like amazing wrestlers. You're like, okay, I, I'm okay with them. Okay. Well, no, I'm I'm telling you, I just uh, I'm all right seeing him on the card once a night. I'm not. I'm okay once with that. Night. I think he's a nice change of pace. Yeah, once a night, obviously. Well, it doesn't have to be every night, but I I just don't have the hate that other people have for him. And plus, I can. Yano's got a couple matches like the one with Moxley, um, that I could show people that are maybe lapsed fans or just people that like just. Maybe enjoy comedy okay. or something like that, I mean, not wrestling as I said, in general. He's, he's say, got a this few guy's good different. Here, bro. He's different. Like he does have yeah. some good matches, but you have to understand from the hardcore fan when we see this stuff over and over and over again, it starts to become cliche and repetitive. However, I know I sound like Stephen A. Smith. However, <laughs> I cannot tell you when the last good match he's had is. The KOPW stuff is kind of stupid. I thought when they were introducing it, it I was thought a it was cool at first, and but um, it's just turned into what it is. Um, Rambo match sounds like fun; I'll be entertained, but I don't go in there with high expectations. Um, I, I, you know, okay, whatever. So and it's if perfect it's, just if it's to, a Royal Rumble style, I think it'll be kind of fun. It'll be stupid, right? Like hopefully everyone. Yeah, I you know like I said I I, I enjoy well, Yano's yeah, but stick. I, it's I, okay. Well, I disagree. I don't like Yano's stick, but if it's a KOPW Rambo, then it's not Yano. It's everybody, right? I mean, yeah, but then it's what Chase Owens, uh, you know, who else? I'm looking at Ujiro and yeah. I mean, it's just gonna be a lot of people. A lot of that the bottom yeah. of that card. Um, is going to be running true. out there, and you'll probably have some uh, some of the old timers. You'll have Homa. You'll have, you know, some. Okay, you know, who that's knows? a good but point. I don't really think all it's of a sudden all the people who couldn't make it onto the show, like, bro. 
it's not like cold of personality is going to start playing <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, you know. Wow. They're like, oh, the rumors <laughs> are true. Fly to the, the Valkyrie. So the after that, man, they got the first match. It's a 60-minute IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match between Rocky Romero and Ryusuke Taguchi, the coaches, versus El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. I think for a heavy New Japan fan and for... Ca- uh, big New Japan fans, but not casuals. I think there's a lot of story backstory here, and that it could be a very good match. I I agree. Um, you know, we talk about the comedy thing, and Taguchi is one of those guys that shows a little more elements of being a serious wrestler. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Yano have kind of like a serial killer think, kind of gimmick with the blonde well, they, hair they've before? All had more serious anyway. roles before they started going comedy, but. Right. Taguchi Finding for sure yeah. was a pretty serious wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I like the mega coaches. I'm I love Rocky Romero. The guy's great. Good, con- you know, he's turned into a great commentator. And he's going against El Fantasma, um, which is a rival of him historically. Now, right? They had a great best of the Super Juniors match, and honestly. And since I've been been back watching wrestling, I would probably find that match in my top twenty, uh, in terms of just the matches I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm, man, um, I mean, it was it was since Rocky being back Romero, into it. Fantasmo, and uh, why am I not remembering his name, dude? Osprey. It was those three, and in the best of the Super Juniors, that just put on this clinic, in this like all the people that fighted each other just gave these amazing matches, so. And Taiji yeah, Ishimori, yeah. I think he's um, hit or miss, but um, what do you think? No, I, Ishimori is great. Um, but yeah, there are some times where he kind of mails it in, it seems like. But, um, I mean, this I think is one of those matches where he'll deliver. I mean, I like the uh, team of him, and, uh, of him and Phantasmo. Like, they have a good dynamic, the kind of silent, and then the guy who does all the talking... And they um, both they both have this good, could be a good match in general. I'd say Ishimori is more impressive uh, than uh, Phantasmo, but Phantasmo has a spot. And after one of those teams wins, we're going to see a junior heavyweight match between the returning... Um, I mean, he did wrestle recently in Japan, but Robbie Eagles, man, hasn't been around for a long time. He's going to go at El Desperado on his third offense. Despi is looking for a big third defense and I think he's going to keep the belt here. What do you think, man? Um, I tend to agree with that, but it's it is really interesting that they're flying Robbie Eagles in over from uh Australia. I've been waiting for it for quite a one bit. One of the more man. difficult. He was in the best of Super Juniors. I think that was the last time he was over there, but it's a rather difficult task to fly. That's why you haven't seen uh, Gino Gambino flying over from Australia either it's apparently a very difficult thing to commute to and from Australia during this whole thing um I think I remember when he went back after the best of the super juniors he had a quarantine in a one of those hotels for a month in Australia and um I do not think it's it's not an inexpensive thing to do it costs thousands of dollars to do so you know they want the new there's a little bit of me there's a little bit of me that feels like they're flying. Yeah, that's true. They're, they need somebody fresh because he has run through a lot of people there. 
Um, and, and Hiromu just got a clean bill of health, but I don't think they were going to throw yeah, him I've, into that I've mix heard right he, away. He They're probably going to gonna save back up. Yeah, he just got cleared. Um, and, yeah, it just seems that's a, you know, they could have thrown Rocky in that mix somehow. They could have gotten somebody from, they could have maybe even, I know he's going to retire, but it would have been interesting to see Leo Rush in this spot as well. Um, but he's probably not doing anything. No, I think no, he, still he just had a contract just with New challenged Japan. Uh, Tom Lawler. Yeah. Did he really? Okay. Um, I think there's a, co- a lot of different ways they could have gone with it without flying. Um, maybe it's all changed. I don't know what the rules or the you know things are. But man, that's that's quite the commitment to get him in. I, I like Robbie Eagles. He's been he's been solid, um, and this is probably going to be an excellent excellent match. Um, and it just kind of feels like they're, this division is Despy's just holding it down until Hiromu's back. I, and ready to go. I, mean, I think that's pretty the case. obvious they're to the me. They're the two best in the division right now. And I think uh, Robbie Eagles is a great wrestler. I really wanted him to join Imperium. No, that's that's a that's not that's WWF. The what are they called, the, bro? The Empire. It's hoping Rocky. Oh yeah, that that was. He was one of the rumored guys for that. And Hanare is not there right now. I didn't. Yeah. It would have been nice. They needed a cruiserweight, I I think. And a cruiserweight. Light heavyweight, whatever they call him. And I hope it's Robbie Eagles. Love to see him as a true heel as opposed to a bullet face heel. He is much more of a good guy, as Bret Hart would call it. But I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll be a good match. And I think he's a good foil for El Desperado's kind of healness and you got like the yeah yeah this is good it'll be a really good match i think this is the in terms of a style robbie eagles is going to offer you more of that kind of hiromu high flying high pace oh yeah um versus desperado's kind of grounded uh you know kind of mischievous mm-hmm. attack and i really really think they wanted they wanted a really clear baby face in this match because as we've seen that could be part of the reason why they invested in this type of matchup is um Suzuki Goon has really kind of been angled as Suedo baby faces in the last year, year and a half, something like that, and um, maybe they just wanted to clear cut that it, in this. It match. is definitely Who knows? a possibility, and it's going to be hopefully good. The next match will probably be even better because it's Jeff Cobb versus Okada. Now let me talk about this for a second. Jeff Cobb is a wrestler who has improved dramatically over the last year or maybe two years um he he was been in new japan quite a bit but he had some g1 runs that were not the super most exciting things and he wasn't getting the yeah you know what that is with him is it's the it's the longevity you know i've seen him wrestle at like pwg a good number of times i want to say like he's had some just like matches with like matt riddle uh, they were even tag team for a while. He had a match with, I think it was, was it with Keith Lee? I don't remember. I saw a match with those two. The dude could always go, um, but I think he, it wasn't really him improving. It was him just learning the New Japan style. Well, I mean, the guy, um, he's, the guy he's is damn near really good at it because he had some trouble with it. He's damn near 40 years old. Yeah. He had some trouble with it. And, and a lot of that is probably so much. I mean, yeah. he's learned this style, this, uh, faster paced kind of in the finishing stretch how to you know trade 
elbows and forearms and just how to really fit in with this crew, man. I mean, it's it's different from a best of the world, or excuse me, a PWG Bola style, where it's kind of a New Japan, or excuse me, an AEW indie style. It's super fast paced, and he's gotten better at slowing down a little bit and doing this New Japan style pace where he's kind of a little more, uh, he, he'll sit and watch you a little more than just run into a flip, into a spot, into a spot than this. He's gotten that kind of emotional style that New Japan likes. Yeah, and I think also he's learned that the explosive and when he really gets athletic, hence his nickname Mr. Athletic, I don't think they call him that anymore, but, um, it's it means something it's a little more meaningful now um and i mean the tour of the islands the the kind of torque he gets on some of those is pretty damn incredible and his strength i mean that abushi match was great and what was it last year was it him and shingo at wrestle kingdom for that never open title right i don't i don't arguably the match exactly, of the weekend but, um um yeah i mean you're definitely right. It's just weird. A guy that's been wrestling for a long time, and we're talking a guy who's almost 40, if not 40 now, to say, man, he's improved so much over the past year. Like, you know, good on him to, you know, be able to do that, you know, so, you know, mid-career to be able to make that transition and it just shows the dedication. I know he's living in Japan. He's one of the few guys that hasn't been back and forth so much well i uh, I, in japan and i hope that he's not midway through his career i think we both don't hope that but um i understand the analysis right and it is going to be really awesome man and okada i mean what else can be said about this guy He, he he can go obviously right like it's almost a joke to say he can he is kind of in a phase right now where He's so good and so dominant that when he does not have the championship, we have to assume that, like, he's kind of taken a back page to rest, right? You know, it's just so weird. I mean, if you did see that documentary that New Japan World did with him a couple years ago in Dallas, I mean, that dude is, you know, high mileage, right? Like, what did the Indiana Jones say? It's not the, you know, it's the mileage, not the age or whatever, right? Um, You know, Okada was, you know, I think Okada, I don't know if it's a couple years where he's just maybe taking a backseat for a while and trying to figure things out before they throw throw them back out there in the top of the card. But I've seen some matches in the last year, year and a half with him where he just doesn't seem quite to be at that level um the osprey match was great um well, the, the shingo match was really really deliberate. good i mean there's some he performs when he needs to and he performs at a full capacity yeah. but uh they're not putting him in that that's role. why i'd really love to see him i'd really love to see him have a strong tag run with somebody like tanahashi maybe even get those titles and take well, that's like putting double, next year with somebody physical pain on two guys that are already at their limits yeah but what is what what you know that's what new, okay this is the argument you make with new japan and and their and their booking strategy and their touring strategy eight man tags up until singles matches are you know they're not doing what wwe does on a usual basis which is they go they have singles matches 300 days a year you know, they, they preserve their guys with 
these mixed tag matches, um, not mixed tag, but you know these yeah. eight man tags and these uh, things like that. And it, it overall, even though the the level of like impact is probably a little higher in New Japan in terms of the when you have those big beefy forum matches, um, that you're preserving guys. So you know what you do is if you stick Tanahashi and Okada in a tag team together for six eight months. Maybe you're adding a couple more, uh, you know, a year or so to their career on the tail end because you took it easy with them. Because keep in mind that they're only out there half the time with each other. And that, you know, a 40-minute tag team match is how many minutes for each guy, right? Yeah. It's not They're not out there I the whole 40 it, minutes. And I think you and you can do some meaningful things. with, And you, you got a lot of um, pretty good tag teams, especially when they're back at full capacity. Um, there's some good matchups you can have with Okada and Tanahashi. Maybe have them go through um, World Tag League together um, and build something. I, I up. think it's a great um, idea. I don't know. I would just I, like I to see that. Experimental with them past, and they've done a good job. Now you talk about Okada and Tanahashi. Let's talk about aspirational pneumonia and Tanahashi. Tanahashi is taking over the reins of Kota Ibushi tonight, and he is going to face Shingo. I think that these two are fucking great and the last match I saw from them was just so incredible five star match to me um oh yeah what do you think is uh what do you think about the replacing of Ibushi tonight and what do you think about Tanahashi's chance on winning or what do you think about the quality of the match might be um go ahead and talk I'll be right back yeah I mean um it's gonna be a great match um, you know, Tana has shown time and time again that, you know, despite his age, when he's put in that big spot, he almost always delivers. And he's the one guy that, like, I've just learned to appreciate so much since I watched, started watching New Japan. Um, you know, he's a guy that, like, maybe I was like, ah, who is this guy? You know, this, but you know, baby face kind of like, uh, you know, goody two shoes kind of guy, but then I just started to learn to appreciate this guy over the last couple, three, four years, and just the dude's amazing. And he's going to deliver a, an outstanding match. Him and Shingo always have, have, have good chemistry and they've always delivered. Um, I mean, honestly, in that situation, like, I could, there's no one better on that roster that could can take that spot. I mean, it can't be Okada because he literally just, um, you know, had the match against uh, Shingo. Um, I mean, who else could you have put in that spot? I mean, you know, you can make a few arguments for a few people. Um, you know, you could have thrown... I mean, who else could you have thrown uh, in that spot, John? was the next person that people I, talked yeah. about. Uh, and the thing was, you got to sell yeah. out the Tokyo Dome for, for however many sick tickets they sold. But you had to put on an entertaining and epic match for the finals of the main event for this match. So, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi was the obvious answer. The dude is, he's, he's Mr. Main event to me. Like, I don't know if that's a nickname he gets called, but he is, I mean, he, Hey man, you know what though? And the guy looks great on a poster. Physically Um, looks great. And all that stuff too. Probably a dude that's in a lot of pain, but he can go and he can step it up. And everyone knows that. Yeah. Like it's almost like cliche. You can tell with with those knees sometimes, and he, he you know, but that's what makes him such a good babyface too. Is he's struggling with those knees, and 
you know, he gets up there and he goes for that second high fly flow and all that stuff. And or the third um, if he has to, you know, man, hey, if he has and, to. And, yeah. So yeah. I mean, let me let me get your original thought on this. Um, if we were going to have Ibushi and Shingo, what do you think was going to happen? What was the outcome going to be? I think I think Shingo would continue to be the champion. I think that this guy has the. I mean, he he. He's so good, and I think that putting him as a long-term champion, maybe letting Okada heal up, maybe seeing what Osprey is doing, and possibly o- Omega. Um, I think that Shingo is gonna carry the championship for a long time if that's what Ibushi was gonna challenge him with. Um, Shingo's gonna win, and I think tonight Shingo. Is gonna win as well, man. I think that Shingo is gonna take out Tanahashi. I think it's gonna be a very good match. I sure hope so. And I, uh, you know, we're in the Tokyo Dome. It's not a, it's like a fake Tokyo Dome show. But uh, I think I hope that these guys are gonna wrestle like it's a Tokyo Dome main event. What do you think, dude? Oh, they will. I don't think uh, Tanahashi would put himself out there if he didn't think he can deliver that kind of match. Um, and it will be. Um, yeah, I think Shingo goes over. Uh, I thought there was a kind of decent chance that if Ibushi was out there that he, w- he would go over. But um, either way, I think Shingo's taking it. I would got to say that I would see Shingo carrying the belt for a little while now. Um, the one thing I've had in my head, I think I've mentioned it, is... I would love to see Shingo have the title and win the G1 by defeating Osprey in the final oh, wow. to get that win back. To get the win back and from the I would have finals. Yes, yes. And and well and from this title too that he lost. Yeah. Don't forget. Um and then I would have him pick Naito to go against at Wrestle Kingdom. And basically telling Naito, you know, hey man, you you know, you're sitting there getting too comfortable in the tag division and those eight man tags, wearing your T-shirt during matches. I need serious Naito um, for for Wrestle Kingdom, and them having an absolutely insane match I th- um, at Wrestle I think Kingdom it could be an idea, man, and uh... um, leaves a lot of guys out of the mix there. Because I think you're going to have some super shows at the beginning of next year. Um, I really think that there's going to... I mean, all this stuff that's going on with AEW, New Japan, I kind of... You know, a lot of people think it's going to happen by the end of the year. I don't think we're quite there yet. I really think that after Wrestle Kingdom next year, that all this stuff is going to break loose. Um, You might have a a few... You know, you're going to have a few crossover things at Wrestle Kingdom... Uh, I think I just found out what the main event at Resurgence is going to be. I think I'm pretty sure at New Japan is going to be Moxley and um, and uh, Lance Archer for that U.S. title, and I think Moxley's getting it back there. I think that's you know I think that's what they've done with that. Uh, not mad at that. I was still a little mad. I would really wanted to get a Japanese talent going against uh, Moxley as the main event of that U.S. title. But you title. have to understand the situation. But nonetheless, I think you're. Yeah, but it, it's going to be... Oh, of course, but um, I really think that you're going to have a little bit of that flair 
Um, you're going to have some AEW guys coming over for Wrestle Kingdom, but I think we're, it's, they're going to have some kind of super show at some point, and I think it's going to be in the U.S. somewhere where you're going to have all the belts defended, AEW, Impact, New Japan. It's all going to be a one be show Madison next year somewhere. I mean... May or may not, yeah. I definitely can it's see that. Definitely, um, that would be one of the places def- on the short list for sure. A possibility, brother. Uh, we also have a tag match, which I don't really want to talk about that much. Do you? Do you want to talk about it, man? Uh, the Sonata against yeah. the Techers. Uh, Nato, what's wrong with that? I just don't. Ca- what's? Uh, I thought the last match was really good. I just don't care, man. Like I, the tag championship match. Like I, I don't care that much to be honest i just don't care i mean uh, like i i love naito and dangerous techers are great i love zach saber jr love tai chi sonata's all right um no that's gonna be a good solid match i I mean so what i mean would you want the good brothers would you want the good brothers in that spot do you want the gorillas of destiny back there in that spot like the whole Um, iw just compared to aew the tag division uh new japan it's just kind of weird it's like Right now, it's four singles wrestlers combined, and well, this is this is what you have to do when you don't have any mid card titles, um, that are well, at least that one that's you can consider the neverweight, but that's not even on the U.S. soil right now. You don't have the U.S. championship. You don't have you got to. This is what you got to do to give guys well, look, some meaning. AEW right has as much um, mid card titles as New Japan. Uh, they have their uh, their open weight, and then you know AEW has who has an open weight. Um, the, well, they have the TNT Jay White, bro. Sorry. Oh, Jay White yeah, has the never weight, yeah. but he's he's kind of been doing stuff. He's doing stuff with Impact right now. He hasn't been but, on AEW. Uh, all yet. I'm saying is like the tag but what teams I'm saying in AEW is, are a lot better. This tag team match it doesn't sound that exciting to me. Oh man. yeah. Oh oh no. Well, no one's really the only other team that I'd like to see in that mix right now is Con and uh, is 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 Con and and Cobb. Con yeah. and Cobb. But where's the I think real they, heavyweight? I tag think they'd teams? be a great tag team. Actual tag teams. They're not in they're the not soil. There. They're not yeah. in the country right now. Yeah, they're they're all off. Where's the, where's uh, the Japanese in the US tag and, team? You know. Well, who else well, is just, there? That's who are, who to, are these that's tag teams you're talking about, though? Fine, man. Like, get some real right, Japanese right. tag well, teams in here instead of foreign tag teams, and <laughs> and hopefully we don't have to put Sonata and Tetsuya Naito together, which are both singles guys. It's like, oh, we right. gotta put them up here, and it's just look. I know the Tekkers are I, good tag team, and I know Sonata and Naito are good wrestlers, but this tag team defense, uh, it just doesn't. Well, Do it for me. the the tag team division over there is non-existent right now, and they they you know they spent so a long time building it back up, and the Techers did a great job of building it back up. Um, you know, the Gorillas of Destiny finally got their moment. Where they actually Juice and Finlay got the their Tokyo moment. Dome. Now they're wrestling in Juice fucking... and Finlay is another. That's another team that's yeah. in the Impact Zone that are, aren't in the country right now. So I, they're really. I mean, who else would be in that spot other than maybe Khan and Okab? But then you have uh, Okan and Okab. It, whatever. It's, it's a Corn tough Okab, one, bro. Whatever they're called. I'll give you that, but it's just um, fucking sad. You, 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 Jeff Cobb has got a big time singles match against Okada. 
that's the only other logical team or combination of people I can see in that spot, unless they were going to put, like I said, Tanahashi and Okada in that spot. It's it's um, a tough. It's a that's it's really a all they can one, do bro. right now. I don't even think they. What do you you want? You want Honma and uh, Kojima like mm, going you know I going against dangerous Techers, huh? or do you just? I mean, I'm telling you that the tag division there is non-existent. There, what are the pure tag teams on the roster? Heavyweight tag teams uh, on the well, roster well, right there's, now. There's, there's, there's really none outside of dangerous Techers. right? So and so isn't this is the what's tag going team on right now? Supposed to start in a few months here. I don't know. They're gonna have a lot. Of, I mean, they're really gonna have to pack it in again. Um, I don't. What is next G1. after this? Is it just going yeah. to the G one? Yeah, I made the argument last year they should have done the G one and the best of the Super Juniors on alternate nights. Mm. But and, they went with um, the they went with or, the BOSJ and the tag teams on on the same nights. Alternate nights. Yeah, they did, and that worked out well. Um. Yeah, that's just getting down to be. I man, I, I really miss not having the G one in the summer, man. I really hope they go back to it in the summer. I mean, I I liked it because you know my work my work kind of calms down in the summer, and I just knew I got G one yeah. every night or in the morning when I wake up. It's nice, huh? I really miss it being in the summer. It's I hope really they go nice, back huh? to it next year. I'm pretty sure they will. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like Christmas for. New Japan fans to me. I G1. agree, and I think it's, it's six weeks of it Christmas. Is, it is so, like Christmas, um, just like BOSJ has been before. And let's hope that tonight is like the biggest Christmas present for either of us, and that it's so great, and that you get to wake up in the morning and open your present on your laptop, computer, or phone, and find. <laughs> so let me tell you this. Who goes over in this match, though? Is Naito and Snodder are the tag champs still, right? They didn't lose it back. They won it. They they got suckered in. They it's got the rematch. It's almost one of those things where, I'm are sorry, the, bro, but, like, it's one of those things where if you don't care, I don't care, dude. I, I, so well, I, that's I, fine, but who do you think's going over? Just do, do Techers get it back, and you know, or the Naito Sonata thing? Hang on, let me think. Um, do yeah, they yeah, need yeah. to? Yeah, Zach Saber and Tai Chi, I think will win because I think they have become the baby faces in the match. In a way, yeah. I, I guess you can say that. Tokyo. They're most. So I guess I hope, but it's like, bro, like I'm so uninterested in this match that. Even talking about it, I'm like, I, I don't like, I have no confidence in anything in it, you know? So, it's a tough one, bro. It'll be a good match. It'll be a solid match. I, it'll, if, it, if it is a good, if it is a good match and it's, like, really cool and I get pulled into it's it, just I will come nothing. to Los Angeles during the Olympics and we ah. will watch Luge together. Um, yeah, it won't be a street That luge. would be... It would be interesting if LA Street Luge. I think that's the. Oh X no, 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 no! We'll do. We'll anyway. watch skateboarding together. Um, yes. Um, man, I don't really think it matters who goes over in this in a way because the only thing that you can really do is you have. What do you do with night? What do you do with these four guys after this? Um, is Naito going to get like I said? Unless Naito's polishing up to win the G one. Uh. 
I don't know. They got a lot of rebuilding to do. Well, they got to me. They have more rebuilding to do with Okada than they do Naito. And, you know, for, believe it or not, Naito was still a champion in this calendar year, right? It's been a couple years with with Okada. So I'm not really sure. Uh, well, what they're going to do with this, and at some point you're going to get Osprey back. And I the I I still. Would love to see an Osprey Naito match. Has that happened yet? Has an Osprey Night what? Um, has an Osprey Naito match happened well, yet? It, I'm sure it's happened. Maybe I don't know. I have to look it up on Cage Match, dude. But you'd like I to don't see think a it main has, event. But I'm just thinking of what. Yeah. I I'm just trying to think of what hasn't happened for Naito yet. Um, because I it, it makes me feel like they're, you know. I don't know. They just never give this guy like a full good run. Oh. I know he had that amazing well, moment that, where he that's was the because, first double champ. Oh, I don't dude, think it's ever happened. to Kenny Omega's speech on the Wrestling Observer last night. This was an amazing talk. It went on almost two hours, bro. And he talked about Naito. He talked huh. about fucking Okada. He talked about everyone. And he said, Naito, the company likes him more as a chaser than a champion. I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty and obvious. So it he, seems he like said it makes that. sense. Like, he talked to people in the company and that just Naito doesn't work as a champion. They like him chasing better. Right. Well, right now he's not even chasing. He's just circling the drain. Well, he also like. said but, that uh, he went up to Naito on one of their semifinal matches and said, Naito, can we wrestle this as the final and he said Naito is a super shy person in real life. And that Naito said, are you sure? And Kenny said, yeah. And Naito said, all right, let's do it. And I will say this too. That Naito-Kenny Omega G1 final from, what, 2016 or 17 mm-hmm. is still the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen. Live or? I wasn't live oh, for wow. it. That is the best wrestling match I've ever seen in you know whatever yeah. just seen well um that is my favorite match well, of all time I, I, and i say this man if you have a chance to listen to kenny Omega on the wrestling observer he went he went deep into new japan dude he obviously is a lot past his last like dislike for new japan and he has moved on and he talks openly about tons of shit that i had never heard before so so is their relationship patched up now the, i mean yes yes it because, seems uh, like it okay so i have no clear-cut answer but Meltzer says like all right clearly the relationship has gotten better between new japan and AEW, and kenny says like oh yeah for sure for sure so see that i i think the thing is if we're going to speculate more about that um you know when they lost aj styles like if you're new japan like you gotta, you know, Gato, those guys, they understand. Like, you want to go back home. We get it. Um, the Good Brothers leave. They want to go back home. We get it. Shinsuke Nakamura leaves. They're like, yeah, you've pretty much accomplished everything here. You want to see how good you want to, you know, how good you can get over there. You want to go do some surfing with the family in Florida. We get it. Um, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody or whatever Cody wasn't really fully affiliated with them but they decided to leave and I think they were just a little bit I don't know if hurts the right word 
um, that they went and started their own thing there without like maybe trying to create some kind of partnership. Maybe that's I, what I, I think. I don't know. Uh, um, I think it. I think it was probably like Cody because he got challenged by Div Meltzer to do sell out a show, and then he started looking around and talking right. to other wrestlers that he think were like that he thought would like sell out shows. So he's like, okay, the Young Bucks, they're extremely popular in America. All right, Kenny Omega, he's extremely popular in America. Now all these indie talent, like fucking Joey Janela and all that shit, and then that was all in. So, I mean, I think... Well, that and they also took Adam Page. They took... Yeah. They took I, some, I only you know, named a few. I only named a few. Guys not to mention all yeah. Okada and all that stuff. So, um... Yeah, man. Yeah, I yeah. That I think that was the genesis. But I'll tell you this, man. You listen to that Kenny Omega interview, and I'm trying to think of what else he said. He he's working on the video game right now. He's directing it, so he says like all oh, the gameplay has to be perfect, and there's no release date. So I'm hoping that's gonna be fun as fuck. And if it is, you and I'll play it online. We'll stream it or some shit like that, right? Think. Sure, man. Is if uh, if they make an engine like uh, No Mercy, it seems like they have the same people behind it. Well, um, Kenny Omega's head developing the game, Ken- and he speaks Japanese. Yeah, he totally does. Pretty fluent too, and um, yeah, I think I heard like not. I think fall of twenty two or something like that. They were. I heard yeah. a date with it, and I saw some of those graphics. Um, if they get that right team behind it, because look, you know, all those games, like, I haven't been able to play a 2K game. The controls are just... You know what, though? Too, okay. I'm, I'm going to cut you off here because the 2K games are not great, obviously. They've been bad for a while, but the games that came out for PS2 were actually pretty cool because you could, like, make your own move, make your own entrance, make your own wrestler, make your own story. Are you t- are you talking about, like, the SmackDown, Smackdown versus games Raw? The, um, bringing the Pain... Yeah, I never really got into those. Um, you know, No Mercy is like that was like I, the pinnacle I of loved, wrestling, and of course, Fire Pro is excellent. Game. Oh, it was the one of the worst PS1? games ever. The one for N sixty four. Yeah, it was like N sixty four PS one where they had hands that. But dude, like, I uh, got to like, make like my fins. own wrestler, and honestly, for watching, yeah, you did. Uh, from yeah. watching this documentary tonight. I realized that like I stopped watching wrestling in like 96, 95, 96. So, right. That's when I played. I didn't play the um, I didn't play the Aki games. And Fire Pro is well, outstanding, yeah, yeah, but it's um, hard. And and it, the controls, yeah. Once you figure out the controls, it's actually it makes a lot yes, of but sense. But have you ever played the computer um, on hard mode? No, I would never do that. I'm not sitting here trying to get frustrated. Like, you it's know. so fucking I want to be challenged hard. a little bit, but... The fucking computer will yeah, beat you I, every move. If you are playing yeah. Fire Pro Wrestling on hard mode, and you can fucking beat the game and beat the computer every time, hit me up or send Justin at InRingArt a tweet, and please show us, because that shit is hard as fuck. To all the haters out there. Yeah. Um, but I love simulating in that game, and the creation is insane. I wish they had a web-based creation. Like, they have the browser where you can download um, the creations, but I wish they actually let you do the editing on the browser. That's what I'm really hoping they do. Because um, 
EA did this. They had the college football game when they did those back in the day where you could actually create all the stuff for your team on the web-based software and then download it onto your thing. Because it's just much easier to do it with a keyboard and, and, you know, a mouse and everything. I wish they would let you do that on um, with mm. Fire Pro. And I Fire see. Pro is just, it's, it's more of like, and you don't always play Fire Pro for the storylines i mean they have great modes in there but they're just lacking a little bit of depth in terms of just like i don't the know man, the one level for the, and all that uh, stuff game boy can you hear me the one for the game yeah. boy advance and the second one was really great they had a full training mode a full customer creation mode car character creation mode and i'm telling you dude in 2014 i made uh, when i was homeless actually i made um dean ambrose on my phone because I had an emulator for that shit on my phone. And so I played Fire Pro 2 on my phone. I had Dean Ambrose. I had Seth Rollins. All that shit, bro. That sounds pretty crazy. See, I'm not... Yeah, but I'm just talking about the one I have. was the Fire Pro Returns for PS4. Which is awesome. And one of the finest pro wrestling games ever created. No doubt. And it made me have hope again after all those shitty games. Um... But that were, no game you know, has, done no by the game 2K has really series. been as good as Fire Pro since, you know what I mean? Like, as far as wrestling games. Yeah, I, I you know what, I, I, I have a, a guilty pleasure, which is Wrestling Revolution, which I did download for my Switch, and it is fun. It's it's ridiculous. You tried it out, because all, um, all the silly. WWE games sounds like shit. They look like a bunch of free-to-play fucking shit games, bro. Well, I'm not going to play the Battleground one. That's just not where they try to make it like an NBA jam or whatever. And I got 2K14 back in the day thinking I was going to, you know, enjoy it. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't pick up the controls. I just couldn't get it. So I haven't messed with it since. And I heard it got really, really bad with 20 and 19. And it just just happens a lot with these games as they're rushed. Well, how do you feel about the company uh, that made all those games making the AEW game? Do you think that it's a breath of fresh air for the company to work with a new producer like Kenny Omega? Or do you think it'll be the same as the last games and working with WWE's producer? I, I, I mean, I'd be thoroughly disappointed if these games weren't excellent. I mean, or good at very least, because... I don't think WWE really gives a shit about how good they just their video want to get them out are. for the fucking art that goes on the cover they, and the people yeah. that buy them. And some of yeah. the games were good. And they probably care. They probably care about the graphics and how it looks, but they just want people to you know buy it and download it. They don't give a shit what happens afterwards. Well, I, I think it's um, awesome with Kenny Omega. He says he's the director. He speaks Japanese, so I'm guessing this dude plays the game every day. And probably, like, reports back to, like, oh, we got to change this. We got to change this part of the engine. He probably sends emails to Japanese people. He writes them in Japanese every day talking about the controls and how they feel. Would you agree with that, man? I mean, he says he's the director. If he says he's doing that stuff, um, I mean, I bet you he's heavily involved. And what's her name, too? Um, the referee, Aubrey, Aubrey uh, Edwards. But I Edwards? think that's the phone games that she's directing. But, but Oh, she's doing the phone. I haven't checked out the phone games yet. But like, It's pretty cool. There's a video game culture in AEW, and that means they can spread out and do different stuff. I mean, The Undertaker didn't fucking spread out and start producing a video game. 
nor did fucking Isaac Yankum. It's a recent thing, dude. So because I think this is this is where Kenny's EVP is coming out. His roles, um, he's gonna work on the video games, and I think I, I'm not exactly sure. You know, maybe the Young Bucks are the merchandise guys, and maybe Cody's more of the business well, I, side. Well, I guess and, they and all helping, have you know, a lot of control over the company, which I'm okay with. Did you watch yeah. Dynamite last week, by the way? And specifically, did you yeah. see the Orange Cassidy segment with Sting? Uh, yeah, with the kicking Will thing. You check your Twitter right now. I saw it. I saw it when they went back and forth and Darby Allen get kind of pissed off. Will you check right? your Twitter right now? Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm, your, I have Twitter, uh, your Twitter oh, messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. See, this is the thing, though, with um, Fire Pro is that you can only do this kind of really crazy shit if you have it on PC. Well, did right? you watch it, though? I'm watching yeah. it. I'm watching it right now. Look, that's fucking brilliant. Isn't that awesome, dude? It. Oh yeah. You couldn't do that in the old games. That's amazing. Oh, oh no. But you might be able to do it. Yeah. But this game is so like, especially when you get it on PC, it's, it's so, so open-ended, raw right? That you could. Pr- yeah, and it's so programmable. When was the first time you played Fire? And Club? I'm wondering. I had it for the PS2, the Fire okay, Pro Returns. Okay, Fire Pro Returns, What was that yeah. one called, Fire Pro Returns? I had it for the Dreamcast yeah. in 1999, bro. And I... See, I, I never had that, yeah. at the time, but I thought this game was fucking great because it had copies of all the wrestlers you knew, right? It had, like, fucking Hulk Hogan and yeah. everyone. Uh, the Undertaker and all this shit. Plus, you could make your own moves. What the fuck yeah, was that about? Yeah, it's you pretty incredible. You could make your own wrestler, dude. You um, could like have you could control yeah. his triple threat move. I was. They had a lot of moves in, um, you know, No Mercy. They had a pretty good selection of moves, but yeah, you could not create them from scratch. Not no, in this and, one. Yeah, but listen, you know, even with Fire Pro, like you have to invest some good money in it to get all that stuff, um, too. So even if you buy it on sale. If you want to get all the crafts and all that stuff, you're you're you know gonna put 60, 80, 70 Damn. bucks into it, even Damn. when on sale. Yeah, because you have to buy the move craft and all that stuff. Do you have it for the PC or the no, PS4? No, I haven't played it since back in the day. I've just seen videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can get it for like twenty bucks when it's on sale, just the the, the um, you know, the core game. But then to get all the parts and stuff, because it gets frustrating because you'll download, oh my god, what a badass Rick Steiner. And you got to make sure you download all their parts from the web browser, which can take you five minutes per wrestler. Jeez. Right? Yeah, well, it can be an issue, but if yeah. you don't mind yeah. downloading all that extra stuff, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to ask you. Right, but there's... But sometimes you'll download that entire wrestler, you'll put him on the game, and he's missing his goddamn well, head. He- because you don't have the right moon move, oh. you didn't pay the nine ninety nine. So for the you're move you're missing like ten percent of it, right? You only have nine percent, and you can't and you can't well, use I'll tell them. You what. And they're ill, and they're and they're duds. Don't you hate you can't when use them. you buy something and it's only ninety percent? Don't you? Well, let me tell you this right now: CM Punk sure. is one hundred percent in for AEW Chicago. 
Cassidy Haynes, who broke the story of Brian Danielson signing with AEW, took to the Jabronis podcast earlier today to give him some updates on them. And Haynes said, I was told he was 100% for Chicago. They want CM Punk to be in Chicago. He's 100% going to be there. And it's not a matter of if, it's when. And uh, Haynes claimed that CM Punk threw a wrench in AEW's plans for Brian Danielson's debut. They already had plans for Danielson to debut on New York and Arthur at September 22nd. However, that was a couple of weeks ago. Meltzer's saying he's known since May. So, yeah. The Punk stuff. So, so, so the fact that CM Punk signed changed everything because they didn't think they were going to get him? Or they didn't think about it when they first were talking to Daniel Bryan or yeah. Bryan Danielson? Is that the understanding? So. so can I get your thoughts overall? Um, obviously, Daniel Bryan, one of the best wrestlers in the entire world, one of the best personalities, one of the most lovable baby faces. Um, is he going to draw casual fans into AEW? No, not right away. Is he going to get people, lapse fans into AEW? Not right away. Um, I don't think he's that dynamic and big of a name uh in pop culture um but he will get some people to watch that weren't watching or taking AEW seriously yet which are starting to flock over now um cm punk how like overall i know cm punk's one of those like love him or hate him kind of things i'll tell you right now my uncle's take my uncle hates cm punk and my uncle is a flat out heel loving wrestler he hates john cena he hates hogan he hates cm punk he's gone as far to tell me that cm punk is the worst champion Mm -mm. of all time okay um dirty i will tell you my thoughts yeah and you know and he's got his reasons for it and i can understand the dislike for cm punk i can but cm punk was one of those guys where like whenever I would kind of check back in or just see, go through the channel with wrestling. Um, you know, when I was in my lap stage, he would kind of drag me in a little bit. And I kind of, you know, there's just something about the way he talked and his vibe that, um, you know, I kind of dug. Um, granted, I never really saw any of that stuff live outside of watching his DVD and all that stuff. But um, I never really hated him. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, some of the th- things you hear about the whole Colt Cabana thing aren't exactly... Um, of course, we just don't know the truth with all those or, you know, the three sides of the story kind of thing. But, um, you know, I'm kind of... I think he can be something that he... I think he has that ability to pull in some lapsed fans because, you know, it's been about seven, eight, ten years since he was like at his peak and i think you can draw some fans back in with that and then you're going to get a lot of looky-loos just want to see what happened maybe some ufc people yeah. are like oh my god yeah. what is this he's so, going back to wrestling the one thing we thought would never happen i mean i think that's it's going to be huge for them so i'm going to do a reverse analysis here you talked about brian Bryanson, Dan- danielson danielson I'm going to have to learn his new name. Brian Danielson. So you talked about Danielson first. You talked about uh, Cabana second. I'll take it in reverse. So Cabana, or Colt Cabana. What the fuck am I talking about, dude? I I get him (laughs) mixed up with the dude. It's all right. 
it's I like, get it mixed up with the guys. So I'm going to talk about CM Punk. CM, CM Punk. Punk, who was right. in a lawsuit with Cole Cobain. I will say this, too. I have a friend, the guy Aaron that I talk about, who hopefully is listening again. His personality, maybe this is one of the reasons why I kind of like CM Punk. He just, his attitude and his personality reminds me so much of my friend Aaron, too. That, like, he didn't know what the pipe bomb was the other day. I'm like, who's this, you know, like, I don't know much about CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. And he's watching AEW. I'm like, oh, the CM Punk, I'm, I'm Daniel Bryan's one of the greatest wrestlers. You're going to love him. He's great. CM Punk, I go, he's kind of controversial. Here's some reasons why I told him about the, the, the podcast with Colt Cabana. Which is a weird dynamic to think about. They're going to be sharing a locker room now, right? I don't know. Who knows? I hope who they patch things up. Man, we'll see. <laughs> if that happens, yeah, who knows? Um, but I just said you got to watch the pipe bomb. And he's like, damn, this guy does remind me of myself. Like you're right. And I'm like, yeah, his personality is a lot like you. Like he doesn't care if he's pissing anyone off, and he'll just say what's on his mind. And um, sometimes people can take it the wrong way. And he doesn't give a shit. That's exactly yeah, like my no, friend. Yeah, no, I, I understand Aaron that, man. Is, and uh, you know? CM Punk, he's yeah. a cool guy. He's a cool character. He hasn't wrestled in a really long time. And he's a little bit older. So we'll see what happens. It's up to him to decide if he wants to be a big money grab or not. Because the name is there. But if he doesn't perform to it, it's not going to be there eventually. So the name is there. The hype is there. The crowd is there. So he doesn't have to be the best wrestler. He just has to have the same attitude that he had back in the WWE, in my opinion, and probably be able to put together some good matches. Uh, there's a lot of expectation there, and if it doesn't fully come through, there could be some issues because here's the thing. AEW is so competitive, man, and people will take him over. Fucking, if he doesn't step up to the plate, people like... FMJ or J JFM, what's his name? MJF. MJF will just keep being on top, so he's got to work for it. Brian Danielson coming to AEW, I think it's a little more special because Brian Danielson is a well-known great wrestler. He's been doing it for many years, and he's gonna get to go against all sorts of people, uh, and he'll get to go against Kenta, right? Is that what the car, the rumor no, is? No, but he can, and, he can and, uh, go against New Japan people. So I'm just saying he. Can, oh yeah! He can go oh my God! If, if he's in the G1, if he's in the G1, oh if he goes in the G1, I want him in the G1 so he just bad. Goes into AEW though, Woo. he can. I just I hope he's all right and he can take those forearms for Ishii, he can go Ishii. especially with all but those concussions. By the way, just to backpedal on you, how good would an MJF CM Punk? Um, I would cheer for MJF and hope he kills CM Punk and uh, I okay. Would hope but could you imagine the back the back and forths would be dude? I, I would be hope outstanding. So I just don't know if CM Punk can be a big deal until he proves he's a big deal. He's got right. to prove it first. So so you're so you're not a CM Punk guy. We both got that on the table. I'm kind of like a tweener on him. Um, and I can understand why people don't like him. My uncle despises him. Just as much as, if not more, I think he despises him at least as much as he despises John Cena. Well, see, um, I love John Cena. What's your verdict overall? On who? Okay. What? 
Uh, what on CM Punk? Uh, you no, do not like CM Punk. It's not a love or hate situation, dude. I think he has been very talented, uh-huh. and he was very talented in the WWE. I think he did a great job. He does a great promo. My opinion on him now has changed a little bit because he's been in multiple matches of UFC that he's lost. He hasn't wrestled in quite a while, and he's a little older, so he's not going to have the same spring in his step as back in the day. So he's going to have to carry it with his lip and his mouth. Now, if his promos are fucking amazing, AEW fans will cheer big time. And if the matches work, then good, but... We're looking to see the promos and the matches, and I hope that both align. And I fear if one of them doesn't, then he will not be... He'll be pushed down the card sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I think he might be kind of a a special attraction kind of guy Mm. anyway. Um, I think he'll be kind of... He might just end up being kind of in that Undertaker slot. I don't know if he'll ever be someone that holds the title, or they just... You know, or if he'll just do some commentary as well, yeah, he'll supplement sure. himself a little bit. Sure. But they're not. I don't. I don't think they're gonna throw him in there. I could totally see them just throwing him out there with an MGF feud right away. And if MJF gets over in that feud, that can be the rocket ship that MJF needs because we forget that MJF is still very, very young, and they don't necessarily. Eventually, he will be the champion there. I think we could both agree on that. He's gonna be the top guy there one day. There's just no doubt. And if they're not, if they're not thinking about that already, um, you know, he might be. He he's gonna be that big guy for them one day. And I know they're just keep kind of keeping him in their back yeah, pocket. Yeah, I agree. I would throw uh, CM Punk into a main event, huge money match. I would have him go against some of the one of the top performers, whether it be Jericho. They're or not gonna. Omega. I mean. I don't think they're going to do it right away with him. I think they're going to introduce him. He might interrupt someone like MJF and do a little program like that, a little mid-card kind of feud for a little while. Because just the patience that AEW has shown. Yeah, but I, see, a lot Sam of us Punk were screaming out deal, the window. Like, he has to be shot to the I understand move. that, but... I mean, I could tell you this right away. When AEW launched, they should have put their... put You know attached everything to Kenny Omega's back. We all know who how great Kenny Omega was and all, you know all the amazing things he can do. If you were going to showcase the brand, why not just put this guy out here that's this incredible performer and just let him, you know, be introduced to the world through that through TNT. They could have done that, but instead they decided to go with the slow route. Um, with him, and it's it's ended up building beautifully. They had the patience to do that, but at the same time, they had somebody established like Chris Jericho that was able to lay all the groundwork at the beginning. It was just a really well planned out. When you kind of sit back and reflect at the first year of AEW, I think they've done a really really good job with like kind of establishing people. Um, I mean, you know, they have these young core guys like MJF, like Jungle Boy, who will probably be a big star sooner than later Darby as well. Um, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. I mean, their mid-card, Britt Baker, their mid-card is as good as any company in, the, in, in, in wrestling, right? I mean, solid, solid young mid-card. It's like uh, having a really good uh, you know, minor league 
with a bunch of great prospects just ready to come up and take mm-hmm. a spot you I know, agree, in the main man. event. And, and it is, um, it, they've done a really good job of that. very exciting. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, I think it will all be really great. Tonight, the Tokyo Dome. You might listen to this when it's over because it starts in just a tiny bit here. So uh, we have a lot yeah. of fun stuff. And the cool thing is that next week we're coming out with a new episode. And we're going to go with wrestling and Justin. What were you thinking? Go ahead. Yeah. What was I thinking? I know that one that I messaged you. I I, I didn't think we were quite ready to do well, yet because I, I wanted to space week. that out a little bit. Oh dear, you're gonna have me do that right yeah, now. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> I'd love to talk about that. Okay, it might not be as great well, as I envisioned, but I'm thinking we can do. Um, wrestling and yeah. podcast. I think it's a great idea, man. I mean, you look back and, and you look at Chris Jericho and Steve Austin and how they started their shows and how it blew up. You can look at Colt Cabana. And Colt you can Cabana. Look at serious historical events uh, is, that happened on podcasts, including John Moxley when he went yeah. and talked to Chris Jericho. Right. I mean,. I mean, I think you can all start it with just Colt Cabana starting that, interviewing people on the indie scene, and then you can and go keep it on short. To don't 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 like ruin Conrad the episode for them, man. We gotta we gotta yeah. keep them listening. Yeah, but there's a lot, lot of that stuff. We'll talk about the evolution of the popularity of wrestling podcast and how people like us, uh, not quite to the level they are, but there's people like us that have created their own little world. We'll talk about people um, getting jobs through podcast. From WWE as being a podcaster and all that stuff next week. So, my boy is Justin Ingring Art. Say peace out to all your homies and your fans at Ingring Art Twitter. And um, I got some new stickers if you guys are interested. DM me. Um, gearing up for Vegas and Resurgence and all that stuff. So, um,. Yeah, at Ingring Art. And I am John Ensman, the New Japan rapper, New Japan fan. Do what I do. All right, guys, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace.